This podcast is brought to you by lineupmedia.fm. You're listening to Valley Football First and Goal, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference on the lineupmedia.fm network. Now, your host, Kelly Burke. Welcome into the MVFC First and Goal podcast. I'm your host, Kelly Burke, and today I'm joined by Northern Iowa graduate, standout defensive end, the Stats FCS Buck Buchanan Award winner, and NFL draft prospect Carter Schultz. Carter, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me. It's great to be on here. Great to, to be talking to you. You know, tell me what has the last four months been like for you since your college playing career ended? Uh, it's been it's been great. First of all, um, lots of really good uh, training. Obviously, uh, no uh, no other time for me except for training. Really, um, you know, obviously I graduated, so I didn't have anything to do. I was down in Texas training getting ready for my pro day so well your story I think is a really important one because uh, you are from Tripola Iowa uh, population 1313 and I came to find out that you played eight-man football in high school and so you became not only an FCS All-American at Northern Iowa but the school's first stats Buck Buchanan award winner and have obviously developed into an NFL prospect. So how does one go from Tripola to NFL prospect? You know, it's just something I talk about my family a lot about because, you know, it's it's pretty surreal. You know, when I was growing up, I, I loved you and I in the first place. And, you know, right now, I mean, I'm like number one in the record books. And it's that's crazy to me because I just wanted to play you and I. And having my name <laughs> in that kind of category blows me away still. But uh, when I was when I was going through high school, you know, I, I just wanted to play football because I loved it and it was fun. You know, I always had a dream. I wanted to be a professional athlete and you know in the NFL. But you know that was a long time away. So I just you know was trying to have fun, play football. Um, really creating a lot of variable experiences, obviously, because I come from a very um, diverse background playing eight-man football um, and lots of small-town sporting type of uh, events. And so now, you know, I went through college at UNI and I was always an underdog, you know, and just kept working as hard as I could. And eventually, um, when I got to crack the playing rotation at UNI, I said, now this is a real possibility if I really um, devote all of myself into getting better as a football player, this is a possibility. And then, you know, my junior year, I really had a good year. And I thought, okay, it's, it's getting even closer now. Now, if you have another good year as your senior year, you're going to have some attention from the NFL. And that's, you know, that's what's happened. And now this process is really, um, really hard. Can't really prepare for it. And so, you know, this has always been a dream to be in this process for me. Um, and I'm, I'm very fortunate and blessed to be in it. Um, it's stressful. It's exciting. It's every kind of emotion that you can think of. And, you know, 
it's it's kind of crazy to think about just as a small town kid um, being in this situation. You know, my odds probably weren't very high, but that was okay with me. Did, I guess, was the process, was it different even than you expected it to be? Um, yeah, I think it was a little bit different in the sense that like, I didn't expect how much um, I wouldn't be, you know, I, in the spring, I'm, you know, my routine had always been, you know, uh, spring football, uh, you know, spring football and, you know, winter training. And, you know, I love training and that was, the, that was the best part of it. But all the, um, other stuff, like I didn't, I had a lot of downtime cause I didn't have to do homework and stuff. Um, and the, just, the training is completely different than what I was used to. And it was, it was, it was great. I loved it. Um, but yeah, I wasn't ready. I wasn't really 100% ready for it. It kind of caught me off guard a little bit, but then I got used to it. You know, how do you feel like the experience and versatility of having grown up playing eight-man football, you know, got you ready for the stage? Um, you know, I said this about uh, college too. Is like it, it made me more athletic. I mean, in high school, I played various positions. I mean, I didn't come off the field. I was, I was. You know, I played defensive end and I played linebacker. I was on offense. I played offensive line. I I played running back sometimes. I played tight end. Like I was moved around a lot. I mean, I was even our kicker. So no wow. I had a lot of those experiences. And so like uh, when I came to college, you know, I was expected. Uh, I came as a DN. I got moved to D tackle. Um, you know, I ended up playing some linebacker as well. And so you know, I wasn't that. Um, thrown off by that because I had played multiple positions and I knew what to expect and you know I played a little bit of offense my last year you know I, I you know if you ask me I could have played even more but you know I, anytime I get to do something new to help the team it was fun so and I think that all started way back when I was in high school and got to move around a lot. You know I read that your parents um, Christy and Kurt back when you were in fifth grade did a pay for play, you know, to motivate you to get sacks. And so can you share that story and, and how long that lasted? I would imagine it didn't last very long. No, yeah. Um, my first year playing organized football and uh, I don't know, I don't know if I wasn't motivated or what. I was just out there having fun, but I didn't really understand, uh, you know, what I was supposed to be doing or something. And we were going over to a neighboring city of mine and you know, we traveled, you know, I traveled with my parents and uh, my dad mentioned it, you know, said, how about every time you get a sack or a, a taco for loss today, I'll give you a dollar. And after I heard that, I must have just went crazy or something because at the end of the day, I had $12. Wow. And that was after that game, it was just, that's all I wanted to do was tackle the quarterback. That's all, <laughs> that's all I ever wanted to do. That's funny. And so but, did, did that last past that season? Yeah, I don't remember ever getting that twelve dollars to be honest, but uh, I <laughs> I was probably sidetracked. They probably just bought me a pizza or something to distract me. You know what positions are NFL scouts telling you that you're most likely to play at the next level, and and what position do you feel like best suits you? Um, you know, when I met with a lot of teams down in Florida when I was at the Shrine Game, um. You know, it was very variable. Some teams, you know, in their scheme, I would be a 
hand in the dirt kind of defensive end. Some teams like to see if I could play um, outside linebacker. Um, you know, and I and I, when I told them, you know, my weight's kind of in the middle, but like, you know, I'm comfortable playing all the way down to a D tackle, defensive end, outside linebacker. I'm comfortable doing that, uh, any of them, because, you know, I have experience doing it. So um, I think a lot of them are trying to find a good fit for me because, you know, some teams want to use me this way, some, you know, another way. I even got asked multiple times if I could play fullback. So oh, no kidding. And, you know, I, I'll do anything, to be honest. So, and it excites me. All of those positions, uh, you know, whatever it ends up being, um, I'll take on that role 100%, and I'll be able to help a team in any one of them. That's awesome. You know, where are they projecting you, you right now to possibly be drafted? Um, I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. I think uh, a lot of the media has me almost pretty much off the draft board, but, you know, you know that's just hearsay with how the media, um, some of the uh, sites or whatever project uh, the prospects to be drafted because the ones who really only know are the actual GMs and scouts that are, you know, going through the process. So, you know, I've heard a lot of things um, earlier in the process. Uh, it's been pretty quiet uh, lately just with the scouts and everybody going to pro days and doing everything. Um, I'll probably know more after my pro day tomorrow. Uh, but I've heard anywhere like late round six, seventh, the undrafted free agent, uh, you know, all of its possibilities to me. Um, either way, um, I've always been an underdog. So whether I get drafted, you know, I'd love to. But if it doesn't happen, uh, my mindset's going to be the same. And I'm going to do everything in my absolute power to make a team so I'm sure well speaking you know you just mentioned the pro day um you've been down in Texas training for pro day and the draft and so take me through a typical week and what your workouts uh, look like in preparation for those things okay um well okay so uh we you know started on a Monday at the beginning of the process it was a lot heavier uh workouts so we'd um you know, I'd be, I'd be on a really tight schedule because of my nutrition and everything. So I'd have to wake up at a certain time, um, eat the food that was given to me for breakfast at like nine. I'd have a, an hour or two to mentally prep myself to go in and work out around noon. We would um, get there about an, I would get there about an hour before we started the workout to get my body ready to work out. And then um, we'd start the workout as a group probably at 12 or 1, and uh, depending on what day it was, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, or Saturday, it was there was always something different. So, you know, one day was devoted to um, one part of pro day, and another day was devoted to um, another part of pro day. So let's say Monday was like uh, vertical explosion and acceleration in the 40-yard dash, uh, stuff like that, and then Tuesday would be, you know, long speed, so like um, the back end of the 40-yard dash and then uh, uh, explosiveness out for like broad jumps. So it was kind of like that. Um, we'd get we'd get done with one half of the workout. We'd get about 30 minutes of break and then we'd have another workout in about 30 minutes to an hour working on positional work. So for me, it was linebacker and defensive end. 
and probably we'd probably get done around four or five somewhere in there and then we'd have probably an hour or two of recovery and then i'd get to head home and go to bed probably no later than 10 because okay. you know i was trying to get nine to ten hours of sleep so i was on a pretty tight schedule but i liked it because i really like structure and it was it allowed me to be really disciplined with all my uh, aspects of what was going on in my life so it was it was something that i really enjoyed well and frankly i mean you're probably used to all that structure from being an athlete you know and a football player oh yeah absolutely um here uh the last four year, four or five years i mean that's I thrive on that. People tell me, you know, tell me what to do and I'm going to do it. So (laughs) that's what I liked about the training. Like, you know, if you do this, you're going to improve in this. And I was like, all right, tell me what to do and I'll do it. And so it was like that every day. And the more work, the more I loved it. So you talked about, you know, having that kind of hour to get yourself ready to work out. And so how, you know, how do they work with you down there? on the mental side of football and just getting in the right mindset? Yeah, we'd have one or two days devoted um, a week to talking about off the field skills and mental skills, transitioning from um, a college athlete to being a professional athlete. And, you know, being a professional athlete, no one really is responsible for you except for you now. And, you know, it wasn't as hard for me to grasp that um, idea um, but, you know, uh, we would talk about, you know, what to, what to do off the field, like social media, talk about interviewing skills, you know, um, nutrition, uh, sleeping, we would talk about all those kinds of things, um, that, you know, you might have to talk about with, uh, scouts and, G- uh, you know, teams getting interviewed so that you prepared off the field and then just being able to mentally come ready to train every day and not waste um, days of training because, you know, every day counted. Yeah. You know, what was the process like of finding an agent and how did you specifically decide on your agent, uh, Gary Glick, who's out of Dallas uh, based Synergy Sports? Yeah. Uh, First of all, the, the process is kind of crazy. Um, it's like, you know, relating it to something people can relate to. It's like The Bachelor, like The <laughs> Bachelorette kind of. You know, it's like everyone, for me, it was like around 10 or so agents during the season trying to talk to me and, you know, throw their pitch at me to, you know, represent me and, uh, you know, during the season, I didn't really want to deal with it because I was really focusing on football. And then after the season ended, it really kind of picked up and I had to see, you know, what agents offered me this and that and see what the best option was. And so, you know, eventually after the season ended, I narrowed it down to three different guys. They were all really good guys. Um, Then I made sure that, you know, my family met with them and we had a sit down to go through everything. And then then I just took a week off of any kind of contact or anything and just to think about it. And when I finally made my decision, um, I just thought about what was going to be best for me and how well it fit together. And that's how I ended up with Gary. Uh, Gary offered me a lot of great incentives and like just our 
my family and me fit in with him really well. He's, he's really family oriented, which is important to me because that's been my whole life is my family. So um, he's been great. And um, yeah, but at, before, before I made the decision, it was, it was pretty crazy. And then as soon as you make it uh, big relief off your shoulders. So that, that's how it was for me. I liked uh, I liked the bachelor analogy. That's uh, that's actually a good way to look at it. <laughs> yeah. Well, my conversation Definitely. with Carter continues shortly. But if you're enjoying this edition of the MBFC First and Gold podcast, check out all the Lineup Media Group offerings featuring your favorite sports as well as non-sports podcasts too. Now back to the show. You know, you really dominated this season um, from start to finish. You led both the FCS and FBS levels uh, in sacks with 17. Uh, you were the Missouri Valley Football Conference Defensive Player of the Year. You're ranked second in the FCS with 24 tackles for loss. Uh, you know, and as you kind of alluded to earlier in the podcast, you leave Northern Iowa ranked first in career TFLs, yards from sacks, quarterback hurries. It's a laundry list, second in career sacks. Um, but who was the most influential person during your time at Northern Iowa and helping you develop into the player that you are now? You know, it's it's hard to say one person because so many people helped me along the way because, you know, without the strength coaches like uh, Nick Davis and Jed Smith, like I wouldn't have been in the situation to be strong enough to be playing in the first place. Then, you know, after they helped me when I got with Coach Pop. You know, if I wouldn't have had those foundational layers, maybe I wouldn't have worked out as well with, with him. But Coach Pop, you know, I always say Coach Pop was the most influential because he taught me so many things um, on the field and off the field. Like, taught me how to be a better person and a, and a better man, a better teammate, a better leader. Um, and that's, that's all outside of the technique he taught me in football and just how basically, you know, how to be a professional athlete. He, he started teaching me that when I was already a sophomore. So when I graduated, I already felt like I had a little bit of an advantage. But there's so many great coaches here that have helped me grow and teammates. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say one because I loved this university so much and the coaches and everyone, including like everyone here, the media, everyone was so great to me that um, I I mean, they all helped me in some way. So, Your former teammate, uh, Xavier Williams, just wrapped up his second season with the Arizona Cardinals, um, and, and he was an undrafted free agent. And so have you been in contact with him at all um, through this whole you know, draft process the last couple months? And if so, you know, what advice did he have for you? Yeah, um, well – our paths have kind of followed pretty similar, like my path has followed his pretty similarly so far. And um, when I got the invite to go to Florida, the East-West Shrine game, I knew that he had went. So I reached out to him and um, asked him, you know, what to expect and, you know, what to do. And um, we had really good conversations about, you know, what to expect and uh, how to go about the week. And uh, it really helped me out because I, you know, I, uh, was going to go down and be with the big boys of the FBS, you know? So, uh, it made me feel a lot better. And then I, obviously I had a, I had a good week. So, um, yeah, X, X and I, um, he's always, he's always been a mentor to me. 
um, whether it was tough love or not, <laughs> he he always made me better. And uh, I'm sure I'll be reaching out to him in the next month or so to uh, ask, you know, whether, you know, whether I, where I go in the draft, um, what to expect for the next part, so. Well, speaking of the East-West Shrine game, you know, was there a moment during that week um, that was a big confidence booster with you? Because like you said, you were, you know, going against the, the big boy, so to say, of the FBS, um, but performed really well in the game. Right. Um, you know, I like to feel things out. So we got there um, and, you know, I got there the very last flight of the first day and so like everybody was already there and I showed up and I was like one of the last players to get there so it was right away like I got thrown into the fire we were doing interviews and, and doing meetings and stuff and I didn't I haven't even gotten unpacked or anything so you know I'm already like overwhelmed I'm like oh gosh what's happening and then uh, <clears throat> we started practice and I just told myself you know it's football these guys are just like you and and it was a really good week i mean not only the game but in practices i really did well um i i heard a lot of good feedback from scouts and you know one of the biggest knocks on pretty much anybody who's successful at the fcs level is oh you know they didn't play good competition but you know football is football to me and as you can tell there's other really good fcs prospects as well and just because you're from a big school doesn't mean you're any better than the guys who produced at a FCS school. So that's that's kind of my whole was my whole point when I went down there. I wanted to prove that because I knew that that's what critics were going to say. So I feel like I achieved it. Well, and let's be real too. I mean, it's not like you and I plays a cupcake schedule either. You know, non-conference, you guys play a difficult opponents, and then you know you're you're playing in the best uh, FCS conference in the country. Right. I mean, it used, I mean, everyone in the MVC uh, and everyone around here knows what the MVFC is about. Um, I mean, I mean, you don't have to ask Iowa more than once about the toughness of the uh, MVC. I mean, we play North Dakota State all the time, you know, and they continually beat FBS schools. We beat FBS schools. Other teams we play beat FBS schools. You know, just because of the label doesn't mean we play football at any lower of a level. And I mean, so I could go on and on about that. But, um, yeah, I uh, I don't feel any shortchanged about the conference that I played in or even the level because you're right. I mean, our schedule has always been tough. I mean, even when we don't play our um, meat shredder of a conference schedule, schedule, we're always playing, you know, Montana or some other schools that are – you know, always up in the rankings. You had a chance uh, in December to go to New York City for the William B. Campbell Trophy Award Banquet um, and really, uh, you know, just mix and socialize with a bunch of NFL legends. And so tell me, you know, about that experience and, and what it was like. It was amazing. I mean, first of all, to be there representing you and I was an absolute honor. And uh, the whole weekend was first class. I mean, crazy uh the people who are there i mean the very first day i walk in and there's archie manning i'm like oh wow and we go and we meet him right away at the very first day and then uh you know obviously the other 11 other finalists with me were, were really great guys and getting to meet them and get to know them was really awesome as well um made a couple 
friends that I still talk to. And then uh, once we got to the actual awards banquet um, for the announcing of the Campbell Trophy and everything, even, you know, like <laughs> bigger, even bigger names like, you know, Peyton Manning was there and Archie was there with uh, with Peyton, obviously, uh, Jerry Jones, Roger Goodell, all those guys were there. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And I got to shake a couple of their hands. So it was pretty surreal for me. That's awesome. Well, let's move to the to the rapid fire round, so to say. Um, so I'm going to ask you a question and just kind of whatever is the first thing that comes to mind. You know, for you, what was the most memorable sack of your college career? I just I want to say any sack that I got on Carson Wentz. Understandable. <laughs> How many times do you think you sacked him? I have I think it's either three or four. I can't I can't remember exactly. I would probably I'd say four. So if you ask me. What do you think will be your first NFL purchase? <laughs> I don't know. I'm. You ask my family. I'm really cheap and stingy, so I'll probably save it, but. Um, I need a new car, so maybe a car. I don't know. Well, either way, it doesn't sound bad. So, I mean, no, save, yeah. saving your money is probably a good thing. So, how yeah. did, how did you get the nickname Mr. Rock'em Sock'em? No, that was Coach Pop. <laughs> uh, back when I was when I was a younger guy, the very first time, very first coach, or the very first time Coach Pop was there, um, it was in spring ball, and I had a bad habit of leading with my head and then my arms would pop up like a rock'em sock'em robot so eventually we got that changed and it was the other way around but at, at the very first he'd hit me on the head and I, my arms would fly up so he nicknamed me that it's funny does he still call you that oh he still gives me a hard time about it yeah how have you managed to keep this whole process uh the last you know four months or so in perspective that's a good question. I mean, it is hard to do that because, you know, you feel on top of the world. But um, at the end of the day, uh, you know, for me, my priorities are always set. You know, my family and, you know, football is up there as well. And, you know, I want to make this a career for me. And uh, it is crazy to think about where I've come. And so thinking back, you know, all the people who have helped me, and where I've come from really helps me stay grounded and make sure, you know, I stay true to who I am and what got me here in the first place. So, What are your life aspirations beyond football? Um, well, I've always, you know, I love this uh, area of like, I went to school for exercise science, so fitness is really important to me. So, you know, strength and conditioning is something I've always um, been really in love with. Uh, in my summers away from you and I, I would coach baseball. So, you know, coaching and teaching is something I really, really love to do. Um, that's probably probably what I'd get into, whether it would be – I love baseball and I love football. So whether it would be those two or just coaching, strength and conditioning, something. Hopefully, you know, my, my dream is to own my own gym one day. So nice. that would be my aspiration. That's cool. You know, if I were an NFL scout or a, a GM that you were talking to right now, you know, and, and let's say I'm on the fence about you and, and it's leading up to draft day, what would you want me or them to know about you? I would say that, you know, I've done everything possible 
in my college career to make myself stand out. You know, I've produced exceptionally well in the NFL's uh, production league. I, I know how to rush the passer. I'll do anything that you want. You know, I'm the first guy in the building. I'm the last guy out. I'm, I'm not just a meathead either. I'm very smart. I'm a quick learner. So if you need me to learn more than one position, you know, I, I can do it. Um, I'll never have any problems off the field. There's no worries. Um, if you're going to spend your money on me, and I, it's going to be it's going to be well worth it. You're not going to be disappointed. And uh, I'll spend every day, you know, giving my all every single day, giving my all for uh, the for for them. So that's what I would say. And finally, we're taping uh, this podcast right before your pro day, which is scheduled for tomorrow. Um, where do you feel like you will excel tomorrow? You know, um, I think most people probably, you know, they, they probably know me for being a really strong guy. And, you know, I will do well on that, too. But I think I'm going to surprise a lot of people with my my speed. I think that's, that was the biggest question um, from critics would be that, you know, my uh, lack of speed or something. But I think I'm going to surprise people with my speed tomorrow and uh, also my positional drills. So I'm excited for all of it. I think I'm going to surprise some people. Um, I've been working really hard, and I think my numbers are going to tell a, a story about me that that helps uh, the critics and what they think. So, Will it be a little bit of a relief after tomorrow's over? Yeah, absolutely. I think it will be um, just because... Uh, you know, all the three months that I've been training for this, I've all built up to then. And then after tomorrow, I can just worry about being a football player again. You know, something that comes really natural to me and, you know, not running around cones and stuff like that. So, Well, the NFL draft is coming up April 27th through 29th in Philadelphia. And Carter, I uh, will certainly be rooting for you and, and wishing you and your family all the best here over the, the next month. Thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me on here. Glad to have you on. And if you like what you heard from Carter Schultz and our MBFC First and Gold podcast, be sure to subscribe and don't forget to check out the many other podcast offerings from Lineup Media Group, including some of their newest shows, The 11th Inning Stretch, which is a baseball podcast, as well as The Drop Podcast, uh, which covers the NFL. Head to lineupmedia.fm for more info or to subscribe. You can also find us on iTunes and Stitcher. Tune in next week for another episode of Valley Football First and Goal with Kelly Bird, the official podcast of the Missouri Valley Football Conference, only on the lineupmedia.fm network. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and anywhere you get your podcasts. This podcast was a presentation of lightupmedia.fm.